We're your hosts, Alexa and Melissa. Thanks for joining us. We are so excited for our next guest on our show. This episode is for all of you teachers out there. Melissa and I are kindergarten teachers, and we are always looking for some new ideas and some tips and tricks in the classroom. And we are interviewing Brooke Brown today. Brooke Brown is a classroom teacher. She is also an author on Teachers Pay Teachers. And if you haven't checked out her things yet, please do, because she has so many wonderful resources that you can use in your classroom. And she is all about STEM and makerspace in her school. And she has some great ideas for teachers of all grade levels. So we hope you enjoy this conversation and can add some of the things she does to your classroom. Enjoy. Okay, listeners, we are here today with Brooke Brown. We are so excited to chat with her today. Hi, Brooke. Hi, how are you? We are great. So for our listeners who are not familiar with you yet, can you give us a brief background about you, where you're from, your family, and what you do for a living? Absolutely. First of all, thank you so much for having me and featuring me on your podcast. I'm excited to share a little bit about me and um, hopefully reach some teachers. So yeah. I was teaching for uh, 15 years, always wanted to be a teacher, can't imagine doing anything else. Um, for 10 years, I was in the general ed classroom with first grade, second grade, and third grade. Um, love early childhood. That is like my hugest passion still to this day. And then five years I've been in gifted education. So I um, teach math enrichment groups. I teach gifted and talented groups. I teach um, book clubs, just a huge variety of enrichment classes. My husband and I met in college. I went, I'm from Norman, Oklahoma. So we went to college at the University of Central Oklahoma in Edmond and that's where I met him. So we have been married wow. for almost 14 years. And we have two little ones that look exactly like him, Ellie, <laughs> um, that is eight, and she is going to be in third grade at my school next year, and Bo is almost five. Um, so they are a big part of my world now, and um, being a teacher mom, just, I can't, when people ask what hobbies I have, I'm always like, is there anything, any time that I have left in my day after being a teacher and a mom? I think that's, this is nope. perfect. My life nope. is, is <laughs> mommy. Um, but I love it. I can't imagine doing anything else. And, um, I started my blog and my teachers for teachers store about five years ago. Um, my blog is teachoutsidethebox.com and, um, my teachers pay teachers store is, uh, Brooke Brown teach outside the box. And that's been kind of a whole different adventure in a side business, um, that has turned out to be the, one of the biggest blessings I could imagine for our family. So yeah. that. When people ask what my hobbies are, that's that's probably it. Creating resources for um, STEM and makerspaces and, and teachers is a huge passion of mine. It's a creative outlet, and um, that's kind of the other half of my life. So, yeah. Oh, and so and you said that you always knew you wanted to be a teacher. Like, what do you think inspired you to want to be a teacher? Or is it just something like you've always remembered from growing up, or was there yeah, a certain influence to be? Anything else? I had a, one of you know everyone has that one teacher that they just emulate in every way. And for me, that was my third grade teacher. She was a Miss Sutton was a first year teacher, and I wanted to become her. She was <laughs> everything I wanted to be as a person and as a teacher. And oh. now specifically, I remember being in third grade and wanting to write on an overhead projector. So those of you that are in my oh. and I was like, I want to be a teacher because yep. then I write on the transparencies on an overhead projector. I love it. That's hilarious. 
And that was my main motivation <laughs> when I was yeah. eight or nine years old. So, um, and really as the, the older I grew, the more I realized I wanted to do something that I looked back on my life and I made a difference in the world, a huge impact. Um, you know, you, you go into teaching without any idea what you're actually going to make, especially in Oklahoma. And for me, the money was never, never a, a deciding factor. It was what I, what am I going to go home at the end of the day and be proud of and then look at the, look back on my life and be proud of and, yeah. Imagine, I think, when other people, when we go out to dinner and we talk about funny things that happen at our jobs, I'm like, God, teachers have the best stories. We have yeah. the most fun days. And I, I, I can't imagine not spending my days with them and not, um, being around other people like teachers that are truly just superheroes and the things that I see them do with our children each day. And yeah, it's just such an inspiring place to be. And I, I can't imagine doing anything else. That's so neat. So you said you've been teaching for 15 years, but not always in the general ed classroom. So currently is your title the gifted resource coordinator? Uh That's right. Yeah. Okay. So can you tell us like what exactly is that? What do you do with that? So I'm actually a part time position, which that was kind of my motivation for moving from the general ed to part time when I was pregnant with Bo. So I, you know, I already had Ellie at home and I was doing pretty good managing you know, the teacher mom balance, Mm -hmm. finishing up grad school, actually. And I was, I was intending to be a principal. That was my next principal exams and that was ready. And then all of a sudden, you know, becoming pregnant with Bo, I shadowed my incredible principal for a couple of weeks. And I thought, I don't know that I'm cut out for this yet. I I think like, I mean, there's just so many responsibilities that are calling me at home. Um, That's when my business was really starting to take off with teachers pay teachers as well. And so this part-time position came up. Um, they told me that I got to teach enrichment classes. I got to teach kindergarten first and second grade, which are all of my favorites. Yeah. Um, got to teach a little bit of third grade as well. Um, that my teammate, my current teammate is a former teammate that I had before and I adore her. She's incredible. And so, but really it was the whole part time position that I was like, I think I could make my business work a little bit better if I had a couple of days a week to work only on that and then three days to fully invest in teaching. So I have um, book clubs, I have enrichment classes, I have gifted and talented classes. On Mondays and Fridays, my class serves as a makerspace all day for kindergarten, first and second grade. So all the teachers bring their kids um, down for 45 minute blocks. So I get to I get to teach a lot of outside the box things that don't necessarily require a boxed curriculum or you yeah. know specific things that you know standards, state standards, and things that I was kind of bound to for so many years. And this just kind of seemed like the perfect middle ground that I can still stay in the classroom that I'm so passionate about. But I also have time to be a mom, time to be a wife um, and time to run a business that really should be more of a full time business. But I'm able to balance it because it's part time. So um, and it's been a dream like this position has been wonderful. And I I joke with my principal that if numbers don't ever work out, I'm like, I will chain myself to this classroom. (laughs) (laughs) It's just my happy place and, um, Aww. it's a really, it's a really great position and I'm very, I'm very fortunate that I, that I get to do it every day. So. Yeah, that's awesome. That sounds like a really fun position too. Very fun. Yes. Yeah. So do you, the kids that you see, are they in separate classrooms and they see you just for an extended period of time, like they're specials or how does yeah, that work? Yeah. Well, it's actually pull out groups. So I do pull out groups with students that have qualified for gifted, the gifted and talented program. Okay. Um, I also have um, separate groups of kids that 
may not necessarily be gifted and talented, but they scored high um, specifically in math or specifically in reading. So okay. I try to target as many different kids or access as many different kids as I possibly can. Um, and then I also have the makerspace that where all the kids get to come on Mondays and Fridays. Um, okay. But it's, it's all early childhood. Third grade is kind of the oldest grade that I do math enrichment with. And my teammate does all of the fourth and fifth grade classes. So we kind of share the work that way. Awesome. And so you talked just a little bit about how you have an account for teacher pay teachers. So can you just talk, I mean, maybe for those who aren't familiar with what teacher pay teachers is, just what that is, and then what made you start that? And just what do you do with that? Um, So teachers pay teachers is an open marketplace where um, teachers can post original um, creative Lesson plans, resources, printables, videos, um, anything that could be of use to teachers from any subject area, classroom management. Um, it's incredible how much it has grown over the years. Yeah. It's amazing. I, I kind of got in in the middle when it was kind of on the up and up about five years ago when it was really starting to gain popularity. So I, I've really always created my own resources for either myself or for my teammates to kind of share. Mm-hmm. I've always enjoyed doing that. It's kind of a hobby for me. And then yeah. Um, five years ago, I heard about TPT from a colleague and um, my husband, Andy, was like, oh, my gosh, you make all your own stuff anyway. You need to go for it. And um, so I yeah. started with things I was already using in the general ed classroom. So I had a lot of literacy center packs and classroom management things that I was using started with that. And um, within the first summer, like the first back to school season, I was just blown away with how this could really help <laughs> actually support my family in some way, which right. is as a, an Oklahoma teacher, I never got to experience. Um, and I saw a lot of potential there and thought this could be great. This could be a great little side gig that um, that I love to do, that I love helping teachers and, you know, inspiring students all around the country. But it also helps to provide for my family. So when I moved to my gifted and talented position, that's when I started creating um, early childhood STEM products, because at that time there was not a lot out there, if, if oh, any yeah. there for mm-hmm. kindergarten, first and second grade. So I would find myself taking upper grade resources and trying to modify them for my kids. And it just wasn't working. Um, so I was like, I'm just going to make my own. And, and I know what my kids need. And I, I have enough you know, background in early childhood. And it turned out that there was a lot of other people that also needed early childhood STEM. So yeah. that's kind of being very quickly over a matter of, of a couple of months what I became known for. Um, but it was great because the things that I used with my kids on a regular basis, it was a need that was being met in my classroom. I knew my kids needed these resources, too. Right. Uh, and now I can share them with other teachers. So it ended up being this this business decision that has kind of changed the trajectory of our lives. And it's been just a huge blessing for us. That's Which awesome. those those STEM bins that you created, we purchased those a couple years, few years ago, um, as like a grade level team, and oh my goodness, the kids just love them, absolutely love them, and we've had great success with them. And I mean, just them exploring on their own and just having any activity, so cool. So why do you think STEM activities are so important um, in the classroom, especially for our young learners? Well, I'm so, I'm so happy to hear that your kid, that's, that is, that never gets old. Like hearing that your kids love STEM men's like just fills me oh, yeah. with so much joy. Cause they, they were a game changer for me and for my students too. And just to, to hear that is wonderful. 
Um, I mean, of course, STEM careers are, we all know they're the future for our kids. That's really where the mm-hmm. STEM movement started in the first place. But for me, STEM is this form of purposeful play for our kids. Um, this hands-on, when they are asking, when they are begging to do things that are hands-on because they feel like play to our kids and they look like play, that's where, that's what was the hook for me for STEM was that it just, it was a totally different experience for our kids who may, reading might not be their strength, math not be the, might not be their strength, but engineering is their thing. Yeah. So you're tapping into these other intelligences in these kids that you might not necessarily have a chance to let them manifest during the day and these new passions for kids. Um, and it also promotes these people smarts. We call them our people smarts, our collaborative skills in class that we know that the older our kids get and the, as the generations kind of come up that they are lacking, they're lacking that ability to communicate and collaborate and um, that grit to overcome challenges. And I think STEM is the perfect avenue that reaches all of those different skills that are so critical for our kids to practice and learn. Yeah, absolutely. And so, and I mean, kind of going to a STEM, just talking about makerspace, which some of our listeners might not be familiar with that either. Can you just tell us about makerspace and maybe I know like in the past when we've done it, it's you want to do it, but you also want to kind of sometimes make it purposeful for the students and not just like, you know, like do whatever you want. And Uh so (laughs) what are some of your tips on how you do make makerspace purposeful for the young students? So, I mean, there is there is a place for, you know, that exploration based purposeful play um, mm-hmm. and that is so important in early childhood, I think, too, because it's been taken out of their day in so many ways. So I think having a lot of mini lessons for your students, teaching them explicitly how to use the different materials, having different challenges set up for them during makerspace, different um, constraints and problems that they can solve. When you're thinking about makerspace, a lot of times it can seem very overwhelming. So I, I do have a lot of blog posts on um, on my website, teachoutsidethebox.com, about getting started with makerspace. Okay. Kind of how to start small and build over time. Um, so STEM men's are a, a beautiful way to start with makerspace. You know, that simple, hands-on, play-based engineering mm-hmm. is a great way to start. But you can really tap into more of the arts with with makerspace, which is great. Pulling in more of the you know those STEAM aspects, and yeah. really, I mean, mine I would consider mine to be much more open into the exploration based. But I do have maker stations with specific tasks set up for them to do. Um, but it's always going to be something where their products are always going to look different. There's not going to be one right answer in makerspace. Right. And I think that's right. important to keep in mind. Um, that you want them to be inventors, you want them to think of multiple ways to solve problems, um, and to just get to play and interact with each other. Um, another thing that kind of surprised me about Makerspace is that the kids will teach each other um, their strengths and teach each other new skills because they kind of have the time to do so. So yeah. if Tommy is their thing, you know, they can they can help one another with that. If, um, you know, snap circuits and circuit building is their thing, they can help one another with that. And it's a great kind of peer-based coaching opportunity for even yeah. youngest ones. Yeah, absolutely. That's neat. And I feel like our kids, I mean, our kids love Makerspace, and mm-hmm. we always want to um, give them more time for it, and it's just sometimes it's hard um, with fitting everything in, but they love when we say it's time for Makerspace, their eyes light up, and they're so excited, yes. which is really yes. nice to see. Mm-hmm. And our teachers at my school, too, you know, they hold it as a privilege over the kids. You know, if they yeah, yeah. 
stepped up well or if, you know, the week has been particularly difficult, you know, if that makerspace time is taken away, it's it's heartbreaking for them. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, it, it can be a huge motivation for them, too. Yeah. For sure. So you have posted lots of things about organization and everything you have, I feel like, is so organized and colorful and amazing. Do you have any tips for (laughs) other teachers? You're not allowed to ever open a cabinet in my classroom then, and you're never allowed to, like, look inside my desk drawers. (laughs) (laughs) My my husband, yeah, he's he's always the one that organizes the inside of the pantry and the inside of the closet. Really? Nobody sees it. Who cares? Like it's but what's on the counter needs to be nice and neat. And that's kind of how my classroom is. Although every summer I do, I go through all my cabinets each summer and I clean out things and kind of try to put them back where they need to go. Yeah. But for me, it's one of the biggest tips that I heard a long time ago from another teacher is um, to put it away right away. So all those extra master copies, all those extra yeah. crafting materials and things out a lot of times they can just pile and especially in my classroom they can just pile up either on behind my desk on my desk counters everywhere but to find a spot for mm-hmm. it away right away has been just a really simple tip for me that I yeah. like, got a long time ago so I have and I have like specific spots for everything I have all of my monthly files in project cases kind of in the cabinet behind my desk and like I know yeah to put them away right away. I have a, a blog post on project cases. Those are one of my favorite organizational tools. I don't know. Well, and I, yeah, I saw. So in your filing cabinets, do you not have like hanging files? We do. Oh. And I could send you a picture of what they look like before. Or you have like, <laughs> the, or it's like, it looks like a binder, right? Yes. It looks like a okay. but what's great is that they're like, they're portable. So I like to plan a couple of weeks at a time so you can pull the project case out for the month, put it in your teacher bag. There, It's just, oh. So much easier. And then you don't have to hole punch things. You don't have to put them in page protectors. You just stick them right back in the file in the project case. So it saves time for me, yeah. which that's, yeah. And my hanging files were overflowing and exploding and it was, they were awful. So I was like, we got to try yeah. to try something else. And I, so I need to. For now. a few years yeah, now. Yeah, I love that I idea. Them. That is like one of my biggest game changers. And, I have files on the end of my desk that have um, my class names in them. But when I was in general ed, I would I had Monday through Friday, one different bin for each day. And that's where I put all my copies, read alouds, student materials, anything. And I had a habit like each week where I would do my plans and copies and they would everything would go in the bins for the following week, which I very quickly realized my first couple of years of teaching was helpful if you are sick last minute or <laughs> have some yeah. sort of emergency, you have everything kind of easy access for the next day. But yeah. so you got to try to, with being organized, like you have to also be like one, try to be one step ahead all the time. And mm-hmm. right. when I say one step, I mean like one week ahead. I usually never go beyond that, but I getting in a habit of staying a week ahead on everything has been great. Yeah. I like that. Well, and I, I've heard too, like how you said, like um, to put away the, papers right away that I forget where I heard it but someone said something like I know I know if you I can do it in a minute then you yes. should do it yes yes because which will, I need I try to do that around my house too oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man our house is a whole nother beast but <laughs> well my husband's always like it would take 15 seconds if you just put that away just put it away I'm like okay but I'm dealing with x y and z and he's like but it takes 15 seconds I'm like Ugh. with me it's clothes I don't want to put I don't want to hang out oh. my clothes and so I, I'm so bad about it. It's so embarrassing. Like they will just pile 
Mm-hmm. And then they'll get wrinkled and, you know, and with yep. my kids, it's the shoes everywhere. Like uh-huh. every yeah. pair of shoes they own will be in different spots around the house at different times. And I'm like, what is this habit that we've installed in our kids with the shoes? Like it's, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I like, yeah. I see four pairs of shoes from where I'm sitting. Like <laughs> in our room, go pick up the shoes. Oh, yes. Everyone has their different things that they, you know, struggle with, with organization yep. for sure. That's funny. So um, can you just tell us more about your blog? Just when did you start writing it? And what if someone were to go to your blog, what are some topics that they could look forward to reading from you? Yeah. So I started my my TBT store in 2013. And then about about a year later, 2014 is when I started blogging. And my first blog posts were a lot about and some of them were still about teacher wellness. Um, I'm a huge advocate for not only attracting teachers to our profession, but keeping them here, keeping them well, um, self-care and adding some humor in with that as well. And when I became a mom, I realized how much more difficult it was to balance everything and for that self-care. So you're going to see a lot of teacher wellness posts on my blog, but of course, a lot of STEM posts and maker spaces, uh, coding and robotics is another kind of level of STEM that I have several blog posts about too. But Kind of anything I feel is needed in our community, I try to try to blog about, but not necessarily as a form of PD, but sometimes just something to read to make you feel better about being a yeah. teacher and yeah. getting through the day sometimes. So a little bit of everything on my on my blog. Awesome. Um, and what advice can you give teachers who feel like they don't have enough time to do all the fun STEM activities, makerspace, and they need to stick to the curriculum? What advice can you give those teachers? Sure. Um, so science is required anyway. You know, it's a required mm-hmm, yeah. piece of our curriculum. And really adding engineering into your science is so easy to do. And it brings this entire new life to your curriculum when you add that hands-on piece, um, when they're actually creating things to solve problems. Like, it, it's a whole other investment in science. And a lot of teachers that aren't maybe crazy about teaching science, when they add that STEM piece, that engineering piece, it's way more fun to teach. Um, Because it's a lot more, you know, you give them the problem, you give them materials and constraints, and you step back and you assume this role of a guide and a facilitator, and the kids completely take over. Um, So, I mean, just like anything else, you know, examining your priorities that you have in your day, you you can teach, do a read aloud and a STEM challenge easy in 45 minutes. Um, And I have my longest class that I teach is an hour, lots of different classes throughout the week. And so sometimes we need to, you know, carry it over to the next week if we don't have enough time. But my in kindergarten, I push in and do whole class lessons with them once a week. And one of my favorite go-tos is just a read aloud in a simple STEM challenge. And it's very easy to do that in 45 minutes. It's It can be kind of hard sometimes to make sure that we're giving them enough time to explore and play. But it's definitely yeah. beautiful. And the more the more practice you you know, the more you practice those STEM, STEM processes, the easier they get. And STEM bins are also a really easy way to just squeeze in simple engineering for early finishers in your class mm-hmm. or morning, yeah. which you're going to have that problem anyway during your day. It's just another outlet for them to, you know, practice those basic engineering skills during your day. I like that. I mm-hmm. never really thought about that before for like finishing early, like having that be an option. But that is a great idea and like makes sense. Yeah, and that's actually why I invented Simmons in the first place is for early finishers. There you oh. go. And then I knew they could be used at different times during the day, but the the 
general ed teachers at my school specifically always ask about their advanced students, um, something different to give them when they finish their work. And I was like, let's do something different than worksheets and books and something, right. something different. And so that's kind of where the entire idea for STEM was, was kind of born. And that's what I use them for my, in my class as well. You know, if we have an extra five or 10 minutes, the kids know that they, they can grab a STEM and have some moments to build. That's cool. Oh, fun. So what has been just, I mean, and you've had a lot of experience in the classroom and doing different things. So what has been one of the most difficult parts of teaching for you and how have you overcome it? I think, um, I, and everybody's probably answers this the same way as the balance, you know, whether it's mm-hmm. balancing being a mom or balancing being a wife or mm-hmm. having any sort of a social life. Like, I don't know that there is such a thing as a perfect balance for that. And I think that's always going to be one of the most difficult parts of teaching is leaving, leaving what it needs to still be done at school and going home and being a mom um, yeah. and saying no to things that I know are not impacting my students well or maybe something that is just huge extra added to my plate. And so when I first started teaching, I was the one that signed up for everything. Um, I was the one that wanted to be that overachiever. And it's been hard for me to pull back and not feel like I'm doing my students a disservice by going home and being a mom. But I feel like it's gotten so much better. I've, I've become so much more cognizant of the fact that I can't be um, a great mom at home unless I'm there. I have to be there with yeah. my kids. That means saying no to them. And just kind of just learning to let go of like, do my students really care about this bulletin board as much as I do? Do I need to spend yeah. two hours after school today? No, I don't. They don't. I Amen. care about more than they do. And just kind of really reexamine because I did a lot of this extra stuff that when I really looked closely at it, it was more because I felt like I had to and not because my students really cared about it. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think time management has to be a priority for you, whether, you know, you're just a teacher or you're a teacher and a mom yeah. uh, switching to part time for me. Like, as I mentioned before, was a game changer um, just because, you know, running a running a business was just not going to be possible unless I made some sort of a change. And there just wasn't enough hours of the day. Mm-hmm. to do yeah. I do think, um, you know, if you have a spouse, I think that there's has to be a very clear partnership and an understanding there that, you know, the teaching is a different type of life and a different type of job. And, um, they have to be supportive of all the things that come along with it. And I think I'm so proud to have a husband that really gets it, that it's, that it takes a village to, to teach it. You know, we have to have a whole family involved. You're all going up to mom's classroom and you're going to yeah. this and you're going to work on this and you're going to work on this. And, you know, same thing with household responsibilities. Like it has to be, it has yeah. to be something that is shared as a family. And that, that's really helps with the balance piece is him being such an awesome partner for it. That's nice. So we know that you are such a busy person and you have so many things going on. And we love to ask our guests, what's something that you do to relax and take care of yourself after a long day? Well, sleep is my biggest love language. (laughs) Maybe not, maybe not at night. Like I still, I don't really have time to nap at night, but like on the weekends, like I have to like in the sense Ellie was born. So she was a newborn like my husband has let me sleep in on Saturdays. It's just my thing. And it's almost like I can just feel my battery going all the way back up to full. Like, and when I say sleep in, I mean like 11 o'clock sleep in, (laughs) sleep in, but it's like, I have to completely recharge from all the emotional exhaustion of the week and the busyness. And 
And I feel like a, like a new woman. I wake up and I have my coffee. I'm like, okay, I'm ready to start another week. I feel like a new person. Um, of course, I love hot baths. There's, there's also like an easy way that I try to escape. I've, I've tried to start running again. Um, in the spring, I kind of started and I realized it's it's funny when you start running, you completely hate it for a while. And it seems like this yeah. chore that you have to do. And then all <laughs> of a sudden, it starts to feel like almost like an escape. Yeah. And I finally reached that point early summer to where even if it's 20 to 30 minutes, it's my 20 to 30 minutes that I can just go outside and run around the neighborhood and just nobody's asking me for anything. No one's asking me for snacks. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you just get to have and it's hard. What's crazy is it's so hard to find that 20 and 30 minutes. You would think it would be so easy, but with with little ones at home, it's not. But that is definitely a way that I feel like I'm taking care of myself. So, yeah. And I relate to on that running where it's like, uh, at first you're like, no, but then it is kind of nice to, I think too, just getting the fresh air. And like you said, not having someone being like, do this, do this. Asking me for anything. It's been so hot here that, oh my, I tried to go yesterday and I was like, if I pass out the side of the road, I hope somebody sees me because it was so (laughs) hot. And I had to just go back home. But, it, you know, in the spring, and, and it's nice and cool and everything is growing and it's, mm-hmm. it's it can be an escape. Yes. Well, Brooke, as we wrap this all up, thank you so much. I know you mentioned it um, briefly before, but can you just tell all our listeners where they can find you to follow you and purchase your amazing resources for their classrooms? Sure. Yeah. So my website is teachoutsidethebox.com and that's where all my blog posts are. I have my products are for sale as well there. Um, my Instagram is teachoutsidethebox and so my Facebook is the same. And then my TPT store is called Brooke Brown, Teach Outside the Box. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing, you know, your journey to becoming a teacher and all of your wonderful tips and tricks and resources. We have really enjoyed following you, and we've gotten so many wonderful ideas from you already. So thank you so yes. much for spending time with us today. Thank you, yes. and it's, it's been so nice to meet you girls, and I, I love hearing about your podcast success, and I'm I'm honored that you asked me to be your first teacher on the show. Yeah, so. yay! <laughs> All right. Well, you have a great day, and hopefully it cools down a little there. Yeah, you too, <laughs> and enjoy the rest of your summer break. Thank you. Thank you too. Thank you. Take care. Take Bye. Care. Yahoo for teachers. We obviously just have a personal connection to teachers because we are, and so we loved having the opportunity to talk to Brooke Brown today. She was so wonderful, and we just love her simple tips and tricks of incorporating makerspace and STEM activities into the classroom and just hearing a little bit about her adventures on Teacher Pay Teachers and her blog. She has so many amazing things, so she already mentioned where to check her out, but please go check her out and look up her blog and follow her on Instagram. She's always posting super fun and cute pictures. Even if you're not a teacher, she just has some great ideas that maybe you can incorporate with your kids or nieces and nephews. So you don't have to be in a classroom to do some fun STEM activities or to do different creative things that gets kids off of technology and creating something different which I know personally I need to do more with my boys because technology can take over. (laughs) So as always, thank you for listening. We appreciate you guys so much. We love seeing your comments and thank you for liking our posts. That really helps us. Thank you for subscribing and just sharing with your friends. We appreciate it. 
We hope you have an awesome day and we will talk to you soon.